Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today, we're here with Chris Setti. He's the CEO of the Greater Peoria Economic Development Council. Chris, welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. I'm glad we were able to finally uh, get this worked out so we could uh, meet together. It, it, it always works out in the end. That it does. So Greater Peoria Economic Development Council. Tell our listeners, where is Peoria? T tell us a little bit about the region there. Sure. So Peoria is uh, kind of right in the uh, middle of what we call of central Illinois. We're about uh, halfway between Chicago and St. Louis. Uh, but also almost the same distance to Indianapolis. So uh, really kind of a, a nicely positioned uh, in the middle of the state. We are uh, one of the manufacturing hubs of America here in central Illinois. Um, and so uh, Peoria itself is a, a town of about 115,000 people. Uh, but the region, um, if you just count like the MSA, is about 400,000. But within within 90 miles of us, there's like 1.7 million people. So uh, it's a pretty populous area for in that regard. Um, we're kind of known as a manufacturing hub. Um, uh, we are the hometown of Caterpillar uh, that still has like 12,000 employees here. Um, and uh, so, and a lot of the, the supply chain that kind of grew up around Caterpillar, uh, their corporate headquarters isn't here, uh, but, uh, but they have their research and development facility here. Um, about 3,500 engineers that are working on design. They have uh, their big uh, operations center or their supply chain logistics center. Uh, they have a foundry here. They make uh, track type tractors here, have a lot of back office functions still here in the Peoria area. Um, but then we're also, uh, you know, really heavily into uh, healthcare. We have two hospital systems, but one of them is actually headquartered here. Um, and then, of course, agriculture is a big part of, of central Illinois. We have probably the most fertile soil in some of the most fertile soil in the world um, here in central Illinois. Um, and this time of year, uh, you can see the, the, the harvest uh, underway and it takes you extra long to get somewhere because you might be behind a combine uh, or a tractor. Right. Well, uh, I, I'd imagine that's that's very different from where you grew up. I, I read that you grew up in Southern California. I did. Uh, so, yeah. So how did you end up in Peoria there? It's almost always the question that people ask when they find out I'm from uh, the Burbank, Burbank, California. I went to college at the University of Notre Dame, uh, even though I'm repping uh, my Luther College shirt today, which is where my daughter goes. But uh, I went to the University of Notre Dame. So that's kind of how I end up in the Midwest. Okay. Uh, and then after college, uh, went to move to Chicago and worked in Chicago. And I met my wife there, uh, who is from Peoria. Uh, we actually moved to Denver um, from from Chicago, but then when we wanted to start a family, uh, Peoria made a lot more sense to me. Uh, at the time I was working in social services, I wasn't in economic development. Although if I was in economic development, it wouldn't have made uh, any more sense then to go to Los Angeles uh, with the kind of the crazy housing prices. Um, right. And Peoria has been an amazing place to raise our family of, of two daughters and, uh, you know, the, the quality of life here, the cost of living, 
um, zero real commute, uh, uh, apart from occasionally being behind a combine, <clears throat> but that's only if you're not in the city itself. Uh, so it's been, uh, uh, so that's kind of how I ended up, uh, here in Peoria. Wow. Okay. And then you mentioned that you, uh, started in social services. So how did you make that, that jump over to economic development? You know, uh, uh, I, I would like to think that I probably never actually planned anything in my life. Uh, and you know, it was never a, it wasn't an intentional move. I was, I was working, um, for a, a really great company. We were a national nonprofit organization. Uh, it'll, I had grown, uh, I would work for them for about eight years and had grown into a position as a national director. Um, and that allowed me to move my family from, from Denver to Peoria. Cause it was, it was a remote job before remote jobs were cool. Sure. Uh, and, uh, but that company kind of went out of business. Uh, we were a contractor for the U S department of labor and, uh, lost the contract. So, uh, I, I found myself out of work, uh, for just a short amount of time. And actually I answered an ad in the newspaper. This is, 17 years ago when you still would look at the newspaper for jobs. Right. Um, and there was a position at the city of Peoria for an economic development specialist. I had no idea what that job was, uh, to be honest. Uh, but I had been kind of paying attention to some of the local political issues and, um, some of the development, um, things that were going wrong actually right in my neighborhood. Um, and I guess faked my way through the interview <laughs> and, uh, they hired me. Uh, and 17 years later, I've, uh, I'm still working in economic development. So I worked for the city of Peoria for 12 years, uh -huh. um, and then I've been at the EDC for about five. Wow. Well, that, that's about like everybody's sort of path into economic development. Nobody really, you know, you don't go to school to be an economic developer or you didn't, you know, if you're our age, but you know, you just sort of fall into it. So what do you like about it? Why, why are you still doing it? You know, I, and I absolutely love it. And you're right. I mean, I didn't know it was a career. I didn't know it was a field. Obviously, no one, I don't think anybody says when I grow up, I want to be an economic developer. Uh, I mean, maybe it's your, your mom or your dad is in mm -hmm. it. You would have some exposure to it. So I didn't even know it was a field uh, until I got in it. Um, I absolutely love it though. I love to be able to be part of, um, you know, just part of the mix and understanding kind of what's going on. Uh, you know, there's so, to me, economic, ever, I always say, Everything is economic development, right? Workforce, housing, public transportation, taxation, regulation. Um, and so when you are an economic developer or in, in economic development, you have to understand everything about your community. It's, it's, uh, it's bright spots and it's dark spots. It's, uh, you know, the, the things that it's proud of, the things it needs to work on, um, because you have to, you kind of have to understand all of that. Um, and it's always been a really, uh, you know, interesting just, I love it because every day I come to work and it's something different and it's been, it, and I will say it's been really different from working on the municipal side, working for the city of Peoria, um, and now working on kind of the regional side where I, you know, our organization covers five counties, uh, just to see the difference, you know, in that, um, and how, uh, you know, how, imp how important, I don't know if I recognized when I was in municipal economic development, how important the regional game was. Um, I'd like to think I'm enlightened now that, uh, that I'm in, in charge of the regional game. Uh, but it's been, uh, it's been a really interesting career, uh, over the last 17 years. Well, expand on that a little bit. Like what is different between working for a city as an economic developer and working for a regional organization? So I think the basics of the job are a lot different. Um, when I, at least, and, or they were for me, uh, you know, so I, uh, that's probably not the, not true of every economic development, uh, uh professional. 
But when I was at the city of Peoria, um, we did a lot of, a lot of the focus was on urban redevelopment. Uh, so TIF districts. So we have this really amazing area just out, just adjacent to our downtown called the warehouse district, uh, where we had a lot of older buildings, uh, you know, um, these beautiful old brick buildings that are kind of from the history of, you know, Peoria's really deep history in the whiskey industry, which is a whole, maybe a whole other podcast about how Peoria was once the whiskey capital of the world. Um, and so I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. If it weren't for prohibition, uh, I think we might still be, uh, I was actually just down in Louisville and in Louisville, every distillery that I went to, they all told the same story that the way they survived, uh, prohibition was because they got one of like the six licenses that the federal government um, gave out uh, for medicinal whiskey. Uh, well, all of them went to Kentucky and none of them stayed in Peoria, but actually Peoria was out producing, uh, you know, the, the bourbon trail uh, for, you know, for, you know, years. And, uh, and yeah, this was the, the uh, center of, of whiskey. So when we have all these, these buildings that are left over, they were cooperages, they were label houses, they were barrel houses. So when I was at the city of Peoria, one of our biggest efforts was towards renovating this area and making it kind of that mixed use environment. And so it was, uh, it was a big deal, but it was also kind of very small, right? And it was building by building um, and working on kind of uh, that urban redevelopment. Uh, when you work for a city, you do a lot of work around retail attraction uh, and, and then more things around housing, right? Neighborhood redevelopment. Um, and, the, and kind of the work comes at you different differently um at the uh you know at the at the at the city level where you've got all of the you know you've got a city council and you've got constituents who are calling and asking questions or complaining or praising or whatever that might be the regional thing uh the regional economic development is is kind of completely different like we actively stay away from retail development at greater pure economic development council you know it's it's retail development that really gets cities kind of uh, arguing with each other, right. Over mm-hmm. where the, you know, where this shop might go, or if, if you're trying to recruit, um, some national retailer, uh, because this, it's all about where the sales tax is generated. So, uh, uh, at the, you know, in order to kind of keep my sanity and also keep all of our partnerships with these, you know, I have a couple dozen cities in five counties, you know, we actively stay away from retail development. We do a little bit at the margins with our rural, uh, our rural community, uh, just to kind of help them. Um, that's not really a competitive set with like the sure. Peoria, East Peoria, Peak, and some of our bigger, bigger cities. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's for us, it's really important to kind of talk about job creation. So whether that's attraction or expansion or business startup, uh, because that's what really fuels all the rest of it. Uh, and so, uh, when you start thinking of, you know, and I, I sometimes reflect on even my own, um, position or thinking when I was at the city of Fioria, that like my whole focus was, I only cared about things earlier in my career. Uh, I only cared about things that happened in my community and whether or not they happened in another community might be nice. Uh, it might've felt like a loss at times, depending on what it was. Um, but I have, I hope that I have kind of started to recognize the importance that these boundaries mean nothing to people who aren't politicians or bureaucrats. And, uh, so we have a, a, a river that runs through the pure air, the Illinois river. Uh, it actually, we call it Peoria Lake because it's so wide at some points, mm. it actually looks more like a lake than a river. Um, and it divides Peoria, Peoria County from Taswell County. 
And, uh, but there are plenty of bridges that go across this river and people take them all the time. Uh, but sometimes it has in, in the past, uh, you know, become a real, feel like a real dividing line uh, between two counties, two cities. Um, and, uh, but, but the reality is, is that Caterpillar, which I mentioned kind of early on, Caterpillar has facilities in five different communities uh, in, uh, you know, in the Peoria area. And I have never heard anybody from the city of Peoria be mad that Caterpillar builds track type tractors in East Peoria, which is a different city. East Peoria, right. is the, it's its own city. Uh, and, you know, and I, and, I, and I use that example a lot to say that it's important that these, um, you know, that these head of household jobs or however you want to, um, these living wage jobs are in our community, in our region, because people will, will travel to those jobs, you know, very easily. Um, and then, but then you, then the individual communities can hopefully have people that work at those jobs who take advantage of the retail and, and entertainment opportunities. So it's a different, a lens between, uh, municipal work and, and, you know, who's paying you, right? When you're in municipal work, no one's paying you for, uh, you know, to have successes in a, in a completely different community. But when you're on the regional work, uh, you kind of have to understand that, I hate to use the cliche, but that the rising tide lifts all boats, uh, but that we'll, if we can land a, a larger employer uh, or help an existing employer grow or help somebody start what turns out to be a scalable business, uh, it doesn't exactly matter where they're at as long as they are in the region. Right. That's, you know, that's so true. It's so funny always when you realize that, you know, most people, most of the residents, they really don't care exactly where it is that they live. I mean, there's some people that have lived someplace forever, but for the most part, especially as people are moving in, they don't even care if they're, you know, in, in the East or in the West or in this city or that city or across this county line or that county line. You know, they go where the schools are good. They go where the, you know, the lifestyle is good. And businesses are the same way. They, you know, maybe there maybe there are different incentives or different tax structures sure. or something, but for the most part, like they don't care. They never even think about that. Oh yes, our factory is you know across the county line. You know they don't have that, and it's so it is interesting. But at the end of the day, those things matter because those are actual. Each one is its own entity that has its own you know needs and um, uh, focus and direction and 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 tax structure. So when you talk about getting everybody together and, um, you know, doing this, how do you smooth that over? How do you keep everybody on the same page? Uh, well, I'm, I, I would like to think they're all on the same page. There's still, you know, there's always going to be a bit of parochialism and I understand that people are competitive. So, um, you know, they, you know, the, the mayors of our communities, the economic development professionals, in our communities, they certainly, you know, they want to, they want to bring back something for them, you know, for their constituents, but we keep singing the same song. We keep, you know, and, and, and we try, uh, so Greater Pure Economic Development Council, we cover five counties, um, which is really different. A lot of my colleagues, you know, they might, they might consider themselves a regional economic development organization, but they might cover one county that has kind of a principal city in it. Mm -hmm. The Peoria is really strange, uh, not strange, but maybe unique in that, you know, the, the city of Peoria is at the edge of one county um, that's actually kind of, uh, uh, there's like three different counties you can see from my office in downtown Peoria right now. Um, and the, you know, while the city of Peoria is 115,000, like I said, the kind of the region is 400,000. So we have some bigger cities kind of right around us. So you almost have to kind of play a regional game to, you know, to understand, you know, because there's all these different municipalities 
uh, you know, we kind of joke, well, there's, these are all cities, Peoria, Peoria Heights, West Peoria, and East Peoria. These are all cities, right, that, uh, that are kind of in and around this area. So um, we, we just keep singing the same song about the importance of, of regionalism, the importance that the things, the good things happening in any one of our communities are things that everybody should be, um, that everybody should be happy for. Uh, and that these, these, um, these lines that are drawn on maps are important. Uh, they give us our distinctions and they give us, you know, every one of our communities adds different value uh, to the overall mix. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're one, we're one big region. Uh, we do an awful lot of collaboration uh, and we kind of have to, uh, given, given the size of our organization, but the size of our charge across five counties. Um, and so we partner a lot uh, with our, our economic development uh, partners. Um, so all of our chambers of commerce, uh, we have a, a group in town called the CEO Council, uh, our Convention and Visitors Bureau. Uh, but one of the, one of the things that my, actually my predecessor started it and maybe her predecessor started it. I don't know how long it's been going on, but something we've really taken, uh, every month we have a meeting, uh, a networking meeting of all the local community economic development people. Uh, it's called the technical working group. And I don't know who came up with this lame name, uh, years ago. We joked that it's just boring enough that nobody from the outside thinks that's a right, meeting we'll I want to go up. to. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's called the technical working group, but we've talked about rebranding it, but we, uh, and we'll get 25 to 30 people uh, that come every month, uh, either in person or now via Zoom sometimes. And it's a way of creating collegiality amongst these competing, potentially potential competitors, right? Um, we share resources. So tomorrow actually is our meeting and I have uh, somebody from a firm called Terracon that is coming to just talk about brownfields. And sure. and as I said to this group uh, via email last night, it says, every one of you has a brownfield. Trust me, you, if you think brownfield, you're thinking former factory or toxic waste site. But a brownfield is an empty gas station, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, we use this as a mechanism of delivering value to everybody. But, but we convene this meeting every month uh, of these folks and it allows them to build friendships, uh, right? And but then also uh, um, see the value of being part of this kind of larger team. Um, and then everything we do, we try to be as equal as we can. Um, uh, that doesn't, you know, sometimes a company comes to us and says, we're only interested in this side of the river or that side of the river. Um, and if we're working with an existing business that's in a community, um, we'll never tell them, you know, there's a better opportunity on the other, you know, in another community. If they say to us, hey, we've outgrown our space, you know, we will always try to find space in the exist in the community they're in, but then we will say, okay, there's nothing here for you, but there are other options. And we'll always try to be that. Uh, neutrality is a tough word because we're probably, we're not neutral, uh, but we, we have a bent towards where people are at uh, right. and then try to be honest uh, with all of our partners about what we're doing. Actually, I did have one other thing I may sure. want to mention, and this is something that I think maybe your, hopefully your listeners are maybe intrigued about or interested in, uh, because I think it's something that's particularly unique about the Greater Pure Economic Development Council. And I think it speaks to the, of the idea of regionalism. Most, and I imagine if I were to go back through all of your podcasts, almost all of your guests are, are people who are um, either local economic development professionals or they are regional um, economic development practitioners. GPDC is actually that kind of your traditional economic development organization does business attraction and 
BRE visits and workforce. We do some stuff in workforce development. We're also a planning agency. We're an economic development planning agency in that we are, um, we are uh, identified by the U.S. Economic Development Administration hmm. as running the district. So uh, across the country, EDA has different economic development districts that have what's called a comprehensive economic development strategy, which is a federally um, mandated, uh, and that mandate is probably not the right word, but a, a, a federally regulated plan that has to be done every five years in almost all places. There's a regional planning commission or a council of governments that does the economic development planning. And then there's a group like an economic development organization that actually does all of the, does the economic, the work right. of economic development. We do both, which is real. I haven't ever really met anybody else who does both. Um, so we manage, we have this, it's just, it's a modest grant from EDA. Um, and, uh, but, uh, so we write, well, we develop the SEDs, um, and then, and we kind of administer the SEDs or steward it, I should say, but that requires a ton of partnerships. Uh, because um, we, as a practice, practicing organization, right, the, I sometimes right. call it the planning half and the doing half, but that feels bad because the planning is doing. But the, the practitioner side uh -huh. then takes its work plan from the SEDS itself, oh. right? So when we talk in our SEDS that we have goals around workforce development, I've got a director of, of uh, workforce solutions that's one of my staff members who who works on the, the the things that the SEDS identifies around talent pipeline and talent attraction and all of those things. And I think that helps because we're, because that, uh, that document itself recognizes the breadth and the width of this region. Uh, and then, you know, our management of it, we're always trying to refer back to it. I would, uh, I don't know if other, how other regions do their SEDS, but we take it very seriously here. Um, and we actually just had a meeting last, uh, or an event, I should say last Thursday, we call it the big table. Uh, we do it every year or we were going to do it every year, but, but COVID kind of got in the way. Uh, but we had uh, about 500 people that, that joined in our civic center to have a day long conversation about the region's strengths and weaknesses, uh, and do some planning, uh, that all gets incorporated. We actually call our SEDS, the big table SEDS, uh, it started in 2019. Uh, so we're very intentional about it here. And I think that's helping, helping individuals and our communities recognize that they're part of a region. That's why we call it Greater Peoria. Sure. That, you're right. I, I don't think I've ever heard of another economic development, organ, regional economic development organization that also does the SEDS and works with the EDA like that. It's usually two totally separate entities. The one that does the SEDS is usually not even, in my experience, isn't even necessarily an economic development organization and in any other in any way other than the fact that they're right you know right i think it's powerful and our connection to eda has been great we have delivered in the last and and so we become kind of a pipeline of sure of project development um into the eda um so in the last uh, our region was just awarded a 14 and a half million dollar three-year good jobs challenge um to build an it workforce um accelerator um, we had, we got a, um, and this is just all in the last three years, $3 million for, um, a workforce sustainability center. That's a capital grant, another almost a million, uh, also for our community college to help expand some of their facilities and a $2 million grant to, um, support a business incubator that we're building in downtown Peoria, uh, and, a, and, a 
And and because I always forget this one, a sixty thousand dollar technical assistance grant to help us identify some resource constraints, some utility constraints in an industrial area. So all of that, you know, this is almost thirty million dollars. I'm sorry, probably closer to twenty million dollars in the last three years, all from EDA to this region, in part because they recognize the work that we're doing here, and 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 that's been that's been great. Right, and you're. It seems like you're just one less step removed from the EDA. Yeah, not every region's in an economic development district. Not every community is. Right. So I'm, I'm actually there's there are places around Central Illinois that aren't uh, that some of my colleagues um, because they require you to be more than one county to be an economic mm -hmm. development district, uh, and I sometimes am um, jealous a little bit uh, uh, of of some of my friends in in neighboring communities who are economic development organizations that really only have to worry about one county with one or two cities in it mm -hmm. uh and just uh and uh you know but uh, but i actually love this work i love being more than uh i, I love being bigger uh and and being able to serve a wider territory because i really do believe and even some of the counties that are outside of what i tradition what what we what we refer to as our region are super important so mclean county which is just to our east that's where rivian is if, if folks in Listening here, Rivian is a startup uh, company, uh, startup electric vehicle company. They employ six thousand people in you know in in normal Illinois, uh, but uh, but uh, about a thousand of them work. Thousand to two thousand of them are actually from my region who just travel the thirty five minutes to to work every day. I just saw one of those for the first time driving down the road. One of those Rivian They're pretty. Trucks. They are very pretty. If you have $85,000, you can have one. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. I had to look up and see how much it was, but I saw this strange vehicle traveling towards me and I thought, what is that? And then that's then I realized that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I guess getting back to the SEDS, since you're involved, you create it. So, and so how tightly um, integrated are the plans that the economic development side, the doing side of the organization has with this this planning side, the SEDS, because you know, as we as we've said, usually they're disconnected, and and it seems like it's sort of this thing that kind of gets put together and submitted, but really, like it's out of date. It's not really the actual focus of anything. But it sounds like you've got it really tightly, you know, bound together. Well, I, I hope we do. I, I don't want to make it sound like, the, you know, they were perfectly in lockstep, you know, with each other. And there's still plenty of people who have no idea what I'm talking about when I say SEDS. I will say as an organization, we take it very seriously. Um, and that almost like not almost all of the work that my staff does is aligned with a with something in the SEDS, whether that's broadband planning. So we have a rural economic development director. Um, one of the things that we recognized, especially in COVID, was the the importance of broadband planning or broadband, especially in our rural areas, right? There's, you know, it's kind of it feels like a throwaway line sometimes, but like who wants to live in a community where you can't stream Netflix right. or you can't listen to your favorite podcast, right? Um, and uh, our uh, and and we have a lot of rural, you know, while we've got this kind of tight urban area, we've got a ton of rural in over these five counties. Um, so I have a director of, of rural economic development, uh, outreach and development. Um, and, and we sent her to helping with broadband because it's an economic development issue. Broadband is an absolutely an economic mm -hmm. development issue from workforce to, uh, community vitality to, uh, you know, job retention and, and attraction. 
uh, and startups. So all of those things, you know, so that was something that was in the SEDS that we need to make sure that our communities have broadband. So we set our rural director to start doing that, some of that work. Um, so uh, now there are things, here's the, here's the tricky part. And this is where all of the, all of the partnerships come in. There's a lot of stuff in the SEDS that we have nothing to do with. Which, right. uh, which is hard, right? Because I'm not in control of the Convention and Visitors Bureau because there's things around, you know, improving our visitor economy. There are uh, items around public housing and public health. And uh, like I said earlier, everything's economic development, right? You can't have poor economic, uh, you can't have great economic development if you have poor public health outcomes or poor housing choices. Uh, so um, that's where we rely on, we, we build a really great team for the SEDS uh, across all five counties, across multiple disciplines. Uh, so uh, we don't write it ourselves. We rely on all of our other partners. Um, my friend, who's actually with the Regional Planning Commission, he, he and I, when we were kind of putting this together, started to call the SEDS the plan of plans that we mm. used. We, we gathered a lot of the strategic plans of our partners and said, we want your work reflected in this SEDS. So that when uh, I'm on the board of the Partnership for Healthy Community, which is a public health uh, entity in a three counties around improving public health outcomes, we incorporated their plans into the SEDS so that everything felt connected, that, that people weren't just doing public health for public health reasons, but there was an economic development um, objective behind it. You've given me a whole new perspective on, on SEDS. I. Like I said, I kind of thought it was. Have you ever this had sort... anybody on your show that uh, no, has? No, I don't think done... I have. We have to find you some folks that uh, we'll find you some folks. It, it would be great for you to even talk to somebody at EDA. It's, it's people don't know how important the EDA is, uh, and you know, especially you know, with the ARPA dollars, they had so much. They had so much money, yeah. and if you know, and the people who are plugged into them. Um, have a better, you don't have to be, you don't have to be, it used to be like in the bad old days or the good old days, because depends on, you know, you actually had to be in an economic development district to qualify right. for this EDA money. Now you don't have to do that anymore. Um, but, uh, but still, you know, it's always better to be on the inside track. I have a, sure. I'm on a first name basis with these people. Uh, we, you know, I'm having their economic development representative is going to be visiting here in a couple of, you know, in a couple of weeks. She doesn't visit the other communities that, you know, because that's not her job. Her job is to visit with districts. Uh, so it's a, uh, I'll, I'll help you find some people because it's an un, I think it's an untapped. Maybe I should, maybe I should keep it all to myself. <laughs> forget, forget we ever said, forget we ever had this conversation, uh, Dane, and we'll just, I'll keep it my own little secret, but it's really been a great partnership for us. Oh, fantastic. Well, Hey, this has been an excellent conversation. I have, I don't know what I was expecting. I didn't know. I don't know much about Peoria. Um, I knew it was in Illinois, and but I couldn't. I can't find it on a map. That this has been phenomenal. I had no idea that you could be this this sort of tightly, you know, connected with the um, with the the EDA like that. It's this is wonderful. So you, oh, one more thing. You said you yeah. have a, you cover five counties, and right. you have a staff of eight. Yep. So who? What? You know what? What roles do you have? What jobs are there? Yeah. So uh, I always say we kind of have five lines of business, business attraction. So we do all the marketing, right? For the sure. region, um, business development, uh, which, or business assistance, um, mm -hmm. uh, which is all the BRE stuff, right? How do you help our existing, we, we manage a foreign trade zone. We, we manage a couple of enterprise zones. Uh, we have, we just landed a, um, as, at, with, in partnership with a couple of other 
parts of the state, uh, f- uh, five-year, $5 million grant from the uh, Defense C- uh, Department to uh, what's called Defense um, Manufacturing Communities Grant mm-hmm. to help our existing uh, manufacturers uh, interface with the, the Defense Department. Uh, we do a lot of work in business startup. Uh, so we're part of this incubator pro- project. I'm actually currently serving as their interim executive director. Uh, because that's an important, like growing your own is super important. So I have a director of, you know, we manage a co-working space and we do, uh, we have an accelerator and, and things like that. I have a director of workforce solutions. Uh, so she's kind of in the mix, um, working with all of the, our partners at both on the employer side, kind of the connective tissue between the employer community and then this workforce development system. Uh-huh. Um, so we just, we just hosted a, a, um, what we call career spark, which is this, uh, a hands-on career expo. For every eighth grader in the region is invited. We had over 4,000 kids come through over two days, and we partner with Junior Achievement to, to pull that off every year. First time in person in a few years. Again, we've had to switch to virtual, but now we're back in person. Uh, and then I have a uh, director of rural outreach and development who kind of helps really connect these rural communities who often don't have an economic development professional on staff. They might not, I mean, at best, sometimes they might have a mayor, but that mayor might also be a plumber, right? Who just kind of shows up the meetings. And so we work with them to kind of connect them to resources. So broadband planning has been a big part of that. Uh, And also COVID relief. We did a lot of work, especially during COVID um, to connect. We're not a small, we're not a small business organization, right? We don't work with bars and restaurants. And right. We were during COVID because that's where the pain was. That's where so everybody we were, was, right. Uh, and especially in these smaller communities, they don't have a chamber of commerce. They have these small uh, local bars. They don't, they don't know what these grants are. So we did a lot of work in connecting with small businesses. Uh, so those were those five program staff. And then the, the, the three of us were kind of back of house, right? The, we have a communications and marketing person. I have an office manager and then this me. But wow. we are, we, uh, I like to think that we're the lever, uh, the fulcrum, right? We're just leveraging all these other partnerships with all of our other friends uh, across the region to make these things happen. Well, that's a fantastic model. I, you know, sometimes you think the regional organization is sort of, you know, the the fancy people in the in the area. You know, they're above you. You know, the local economic developer maybe looks up to them and says, you know, they're the they're the, they're the people who really know what they're doing. But no, you're just the fulcrum that that everything sort of pivots on and balances on. Well, we still, you know, we struggle to this day to get people to recognize our value and to communicate sure. our successes. And, you know, I, one of the, uh, you know, I love all of our partnerships with all of, you know, but sometimes we get lost in the team picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And so like what successes are ours and what successes are others uh, and what successes are just, they just happen. And we are part of, we may be a small part of the supporting cast of something happening. Uh, and I think that's a struggle for anybody who's listening who's an economic development professional, right? Is how do you, how do you get people to know that what you did was important? Right. Yeah. How do you get people to know what you did and how do you get people to know what you did was important? Right. Yeah. And I'd imagine, especially being a, you're, you're a public private partnership. So I'd imagine that means you have members and so you have to, you yep. have to relay that information as right. a, as a public private partnership, how do you pitch yourself to the community, to, to potential investors? Yeah. You know, I, I try to look at it's the worst part of my job. I like sure. hate hate fundraising. I don't even, I always say, I don't even like sending invoices to people I know will pay me. It's just, it's the worst part. I just, not in my nature. Um, you know, we, we talked about that regional game and that these are all the things that we're involved with. Um, and that it's not transactional, 
right? It's not a quid pro quo. If you invest in us, you're not going to, you know, if you give us $5,000, you may or may not get $5,000 worth of, but you're, but you're investing in the region. And when good things happen to the region, good things happen to your company or to your city. You know, so we have investors that go from $100,000 to $1,000. Um, and, uh, and I, because I'm, because I'm bad at my job, I will tell businesses that we'll work with you, even if you're not an investor. So, you know, <laughs> if, uh, you know, because I want businesses to succeed and then hopefully if you see the value of the services that you've been provided, uh, you know, e either directly or indirectly, you'll say, Hey, I want to support that as well. Um, I haven't, I haven't perfected my pitch yet. Uh, I take a, a kind of. Uh, one at a time and say, you know, if you want this region to be better, we need to invest in this region. Um, and whether that's from, you know, what our image looks like to the rest of the world, right, through business attraction, which is the thing that most economic developments are paid for, right? They right. want, politicians love a good ribbon cutting. Right. Um, just as important though is how do we grow our existing businesses? Because that's really where most of your jobs come from. So we just keep telling that story and hope that, that people join us. Well, you sound like you're doing a good job. I mean, you have a you have a good. I have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do to be better, but we we are trying, and we are intentional about our work, if nothing else. Well, this is fantastic, Chris. This has been awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so much uh, for coming on. If anybody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? So our our website uh, is always the best way. It's uh, Greater Peoria. EDC, like Economic Development Council, pure, greaterpureedc.org. Uh, we are we have a pretty robust um, social media platforms, on, especially on LinkedIn and Facebook. That's a good way of, of connecting uh, and figuring out all the things that are happening. Not only the things we're doing, but the things that are happening in the region, because we're like the region's cheerleader and we want to share the good news. Right. That, that's your job to sort of be, to pr promote everything that's happening and you don't have enough yourself. So you promote everybody else's and then you kind of get to. Right. Yeah. Fabulous. Good deal. Well, Chris, this has been great. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Dane. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.